Black voices are making an impact this month and beyond. Keep listening to discover one of our favorite shows, courtesy of ACAST Recommends. Welcome to Two Black Girls, One Rose. We're two black girls invading the messiest reality dating shows on earth. I'm Natasha. And I'm Justine. And this season, we're recapping Lifetime TV's hit show, Married at First Sight in Nashville. Married at First Sight (laughs) is a full-on hot mess of a social experiment. Each week on our podcast, we recap the latest episode and dissect the trials and tribulations these five newly married couples are going through, while also dissecting relevant dating, marriage, and relationship topics. And after five years deep in Bachelor Nation, we're now diving into the Married at First Sight universe. So come join us. Listen to us on all podcast platforms every Thursday and join our amazing community on Patreon at patreon.com slash twoblackgirlsfunnels. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. Welcome to the Quick Stop Formula One podcast. My name is Nasha and you could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here with us and we appreciate that. Joining me, she's back as always, uh, is co-host and co-founder Tandy. Uh, how are you? How's it going? I'm good. Thank you. Happy Sunday. As I always say, if you're listening on your way to school, on your way to work, thank you for joining us. Thank you. And make sure you give us a like for the video, subscribe, all of that, all of that, all of that. We are joined by a very special guest today. Uh, this guy is one of the like most premier like F1 YouTubers like on the planet. On the planet. He's a great guy. He's part of the Lochi team doing a lot and he does a lot on his own channel. It is Mr. Aldous. How's it going? Let me get Mate, that. That, 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 that intro. That was just yeah. next level. Like, yeah. proper big me up for this. There you uh, go. There's the applause for you as well. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sick. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. I can't wait to get into this one. I uh, should be a pretty good one. So yeah, <laughs> thanks no, for having me on. No worries, man. Absolutely. Uh, absolute pleasure to have you on. Um, so we had uh, on our hands for this podcast today, a, a very intriguing and interesting French Grand Prix to, to break down. And I guess, um, uh, Aldous, I'll start with you. Like, uh, before the race started, uh, what were your hopes of us actually having, I guess, the spectacle that we we had today? I mean, first of all, obviously, I think like quite a few people, I was hoping for a wet race because Formula 3 at like 10 o'clock, 10.30 or something was uh, was in the wet. That was a really good race, carnage everywhere. And I mean... Obviously, going into Paul Ricard, let's let's just keep it 100. Like, it's not the best circuit in the world. Sometimes it really does under-deliver, like, the past two races especially. But do you know what? It, it, it delivered for sure. I mean, Max and Lewis on the front row, that always delivers something spicy. And we've seen them, like, go head-to-head quite a lot this season. And yeah. once again, we saw them uh, go wheel-to-wheel, which is always great. And uh, it was definitely a race of, like, strategy. But, yeah, it was a good one. So I'm happy. Oh man, it was uh, it was yeah. an incredible race. Uh, from from the get go, it had us on our on our feet, on our toes, edge of our seats. I'll go with that one. Tandy, yeah. um, Max Verstappen ends up winning after um, after losing uh, the lead in the first corner, but he, he's ended up winning for some reasons we'll probably get into later. We'll get into yeah, but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I guess I guess for you, uh, just I guess as an overall. 
you know, what were your thoughts uh, on on the Grand Prix? I guess without right, going because obviously we'd hyped it up and we'd said how boring France is, guys. I wasn't bored. Were you bored? <laughs> I wasn't bored. Not I at mean, all. <laughs> and the result was very interesting. I tell you, the last two laps were even. Oh my gosh! Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was intense all the way to the finish. Yeah, no, it was. It was absolutely thrilling to the finish. And I, um, yeah, and it's, I, I think it's, you know, part of the allure of this season is that you cannot make any predictions. Um, no matter what you think is normal, what you think, you know, this is supposed to be a, a Mercedes track, you know, um, but this season, you know, what is even a Mercedes track anymore when they can't really seem to get a footing, you know, in any race and Red Bull, you know, uh, just doing so well. And even like the, you know, the back, the back because everyone in midfield, you know, we're looking at McLaren, Aston Martin, Alpine, uh, Al- uh, Alpha Tauri with Gasly, uh, Ferrari, like we just don't know what order these guys are going to finish in and it, it is great. But there's so much to get into, and I feel like you know, there's going to be there's going to be uh, some really good discussion within the picks that we have today. So, as the guest, Aldous, I'll let you have the first um, star of the day. Star of the day, and this can be look doesn't have to be a driver; it can be a thing that was good. Um, but what for you was like a standout or performance, good performance, or good thing uh, that happened today? Do you know what? I'm going to go with just as a package, like just Red Bull in general. And that, yeah. and that includes the team, the strategist, the pit crew and Max and Checo as well, because they all yeah. just, they nailed it. And I think the biggest thing for me is not just kind of their pace or even the result. It's the fact that I was very critical of them after Spain because I felt yeah. like they really did miss a trick. Once again, it was that classic uh, Mercedes have nothing to lose. Lewis Hamilton pits. And then guess what? He chases Max down and he wins it. And Red Bull go, oh, what could, what could, we, what could we have done? Yeah. But this time they reacted, you know, they, they were proactive. They went for the strategy. Their pit crew just keep nailing it. I think it was someone said that they have so far this season, the five quickest pit stops wow. just to- in total, just Red Bull have them. And I think three of the five are already sub two second pit stops. So yeah. just in general, it was a great strategy. Just a little mistake by Max in that first corner. He just said that he just lost it a little bit, but he definitely made up for it. And again, on a track where apparently this was supposed to be a Mercedes track and they'll definitely, I think they'll be, They'll be disappointed a little bit, you know, to not get a little bit more out of this race. But I think Max, he did obviously a great job as he's been doing this season. Red Bull nailed the strategy. They really did kind of, I mean, they pitted him from the from the lead of the race. So that yeah. is always a big risk. I mean, they just handed Dangerous. a one-two to Mercedes in a sense. And he was able to make it work. And Checo was right there at the end to pick up uh, the third place podium as well. So yeah. that is what they've been missing. And just in general, I feel like Red Bull... I feel like they have something that Ferrari in 2017 and 2018 didn't. I mean, yeah. Red Bull do have their critics and rightly mm-hmm. so. Obviously, we know Christian Horner, he's a bit of like, I mean, I quite like Christian Horner just because he's a bit of spice in the paddock. He's kind of like the <laughs> evil one, you know, just everyone hates him. And it's kind of, it just adds something different to the paddock. It's like him versus Toto. Lewis and Max seem to be quite chill together. So that's yeah. kind of like the polar opposites, but they are a good team. They are a solid world championship team that now with Sergio Perez just seem to be great from the top down. So yeah, just a great weekend by Red Bull and uh, what is it three wins in a row now as well for three them I think was, yeah Monaco Baku yeah. and now this one is also they're on a roll and Mercedes are on the back foot which I quite like because I like to see Lewis Hamilton and especially Valtteri Bottas kind of have to fight out of out of the corner so yeah, yeah. for me it's uh, Red Bull <laughs> as a whole no I, look I 
what how eloquent was that that was like that was absolutely brilliantly put yeah, and, uh, that was so good i, I could, li- I could Honestly, you're not just gassing me up this entire I could listen to you talk all day brother that was incredible was so really <laughs> um but no like uh i think uh did they say it was the first time that lewis hamilton hasn't won for three races since 2019 um yeah. Probably during the uh, Ferrari, Ferrari and Leclerc uh, phase between uh, Belgium and Singapore, I think. So, yeah. Uh, like, uh, yeah, you know, um, it is it is looking like Red Bull, I guess, are the team to beat. Tandy, how impressed were you with with? I guess, yeah, the whole red bull package I mean, do you know what i mean going off what aldis's perfect speech by the way aldis <laughs> you should really probably get into um um journalism for the speech because you're really good at that um so <laughs> the guy who impressed me today was the wonderful mr checo perez i just how can you not love him like yeah. what a guy squeezing what in that third that is my um that is my actual champion for today but i definitely agree that red bull strategy guys yeah strategy it was slightly embarrassing for us mercedes fans but it was like look this is this is what we should look at your age mates look at your age mates like every time we come on here we want to defend the mercedes but guys we can't we are disappointing yeah. to the parents today and fair enough strategy from red bull amazing amazing yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And and not just like not just with, I think you're right. A you know pitting someone from the lead is mm-hmm. risky business. Anything could go wrong in that pit stop. You could lose mm-hmm. the lead, like I say, hand them a one two in the play. But not only it's it's the synergy between the two drivers. So Checo yeah. from the start knows he's going long. He can see him. He's dropping back. He's like not on. He's not struggling to keep up with the pace as certain other drivers did blowing mm-hmm. their tyres out, forcing them to stop him before the leader. We'll get on to that. But, mm-hmm. you know, he goes long and he knows, okay, check out, you know, uh, plan A plus C. So he's gone even longer than he than he needed to in that first stint. And and he's, you know, he's reaps the benefits of that uh, later. Uh, you know, and, you know, I guess, again, with with Max and, and that strategy. No, so, you know, they've got elements of planning it and they've got elements of reacting during the race. And, you know, they both come up trumps and, you know, got yeah. them from from a position of second and, and fourth. They have turned that into first and third. And um, it's just, uh, it's incredible. It's crazy that Honda are going to bow out at the end of this season after delivering a better engine than Mercedes. We've waited all this time for someone to make a, an engine as good as Mercedes. Half the grid have got Mercedes engines because they just, like, what else can we do? And Honda are, are pulling out. It's just, it's crazy. But no, um, I, yeah. well done. Well done to, and I guess this, does that dispel, I guess, as we're talking about Red Bull, I'll ask you both. Does it dispel the notion of the cursed second uh, second seat in Red Bull, Tandy? So that's what I was actually going to talk about. I think mm. Perez may have broken this curse, you guys. I yeah. genuinely believe it is his seat. It was always his seat. And he's he's like, he's gone into the house. He's taken the cross, the crucifix. He's put the whole wall <laughs> in. It's not haunted anymore. It's not, <laughs> it's not haunted anymore. Nice. He's really gone in and, yeah. He's just great, isn't he? 
he's, fabulous. Yeah, he's, he's he is awesome. Aldous, yeah. um, did you believe in the? I guess did you did you always believe that Checo would come in and be able to to get up to speed with with the Red Bull, or or are you I guess surprised by how just how well he's he's you know bedded in after six seven races now? Yeah, I think it's been yeah, I think it's been uh, seven races seven or yeah, races six or something. Yeah, um, I I always trusted Checo because he's just been such a solid driver. I've kind of talked about this so much. I've I'll kind of I'll, I'll kind of answer the two questions in terms of like the Red Bull curse. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what I thought of the Red Bull curse. I think it's just a combination of going into Max Verstappen's team. I mean, he is such a good driver. It was never yeah. going to be easy. Yes, the car maybe was catered a little bit towards him, but at the same time, he wasn't exactly loving the car in 2019 or 2020 either. It wasn't as if he was challenging yeah. for the championship. So yes, and I think it was just the combination of all of these things. And also Gasly and Albon were young. I mean, they were so young. They were so raw talents. They definitely deserved the call up at the time. I don't think it was wrong to kind of put them in that position because again, whatever criticisms you have at Red Bull, at least they do give their drivers chances. I mean, think of yeah, how many drivers have been at Red Bull. And even Alexander Albon now, although he isn't in Formula One, he is still backed by Red Bull. They still fund him. And I want to see him back in Formula One, but maybe that's, you know, that's a bit of a different conversation. <laughs> so I, I want to see, always, I want to yeah. see Alex make a comeback. He had a good, uh, he had a good, by the way, debut in DTM as well. Went from like 14th to 4th. So oh, nice. yeah, shout out to Alex. But in terms of, um, so yeah, this, in terms of Checo, he, he's had the experience and I've just been beating the drum of Sergio Perez and how good he's been because he has had to fight in Formula One for such a long time. And he has been so consistent because we talk about Gasly and Norris and kind of these young drivers and they've had really good past two or three seasons. Sergio Perez, ever since he kind of got kicked out of McLaren in 2013, yeah. he's been killing it since 2014. He's had the likes of Hulkenberg, he's had the likes of Ocon, and then he had the likes of Stroll, and he's beaten every single one of them. So he's, he's yeah. always had to fight, and he has deserved that chance at Red Bull so much. And I think it's just validated that decision to put him up there, because although you can say that his win in Baku was maybe lucky... This podium, he made himself. He yeah. overtook. He went long yeah. uh, on the first stint. Didn't have amazing pace. He did drop back a little bit, but he he preserved the tyres and this podium was absolutely his and a 1-3 for Red Bull. I mean, that's a fantastic result. And again, they just build that gap to Mercedes and the constructors. And like I said, I want to see Mercedes on the back foot because you just know they're going to come out <laughs> swinging and it's just going to yeah. be an even better season uh, in the second portion as well. So yeah, just I think Sergio Perez... He still needs to have maybe two or three just these kind of races. And then to me, contract has to be on the table. I mean, exactly. Exactly. I think at this point, if he doesn't get, I mean, obviously, look, it's a long season. And, you know, if, if his form tails off completely towards the end of the season, then fine. But we, as you say, Sergio Perez is such a good driver. He's such yeah. a consistent driver. We can only see this going on an upward trend, upward curve. Is that me? Unbelievable. Um, upper trend, upper curve, and um, yeah, I just think that if he doesn't get the contract for for next year, um, I you know I think that would be criminal uh, on the part of Red Bull, and, uh, yeah. and it's it's well deserved. Yeah, me, he's literally sandwiched. If you look at the grid right now, he's literally sandwiched Lewis between, and it's yeah. like yeah. okay, take yeah. this man seriously. He's broken the curse. No, for sure. Big up, Sergio Perez. What a guy. So happy for him. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, so Tandy, was, was Sergio your star? He was. Yes, he okay, was. Okay, cool. He's yours. Let's just, let's just do let's just do two each. Um, right, so <laughs> let's just do two each. I'm gonna, or we can just if there's anyone else after me, then we can say. But I, 
my star of the day is going to be okay if you're going to say red bull i'm going to say mclaren uh are my my stars of the day i i, I was trying to choose between and i want to say really i want to say ricardo because in the preview pod you know we had a conversation and we said you know is what is going on with Ricardo? Is this something that do we have to write off the rest of this season and just say he's going to have to get used to it? This is a big job for him. Um, but I think that, um, I think at a track where he's probably more comfortable, um, and at a track where, you know, uh, it seemed to suit the McLarens in terms of race pace, uh, I think he's had a, a, a really good, uh, really good couple of days qualifying and, and in a race. And I think letting Lando through, uh, as well, not even, he didn't have to be told to do it. He just realized that, you know, for, for, as part of the strategy, you know, it would work better. And then Lando, you know, um, Lando, I think he was outside of the top 10 after the first lap, I think. Um, yeah. and, um, uh, and then he's had to fight back on strategy. And I think most of, I think either all or most of his places were kind of made up on track. So, you know, um, at a place that people say is notoriously hard to, to overtake, you know, um, Lando Norris made his strategy work, uh, uh McLaren fifth and sixth. Uh, and I just think, well done to McLaren. Um, again, showing that they are a really good racing outfit. I think, you know, the days of, it wasn't that long ago. McLaren were a joke. They, you know, they were a joke. <laughs> like, I, there were memes, you know, the Alonso stuff, GP2 engine. Yeah. Like, they were the second worst car on the grid. It was ridiculous. And the boys are doing good. They are, and I think really? you know under under Zach Brown and uh, Andrew Sido, I think they've they've done really well. So they're my they're my stars of the day. Um, I and I just I'm loving. I don't know. I'm just loving. I'm loving Lando's progress. Um, and I'm just I'm happy for Ricardo on on a on on a level because I just I it I think it pains everyone to see Ricardo start struggle like me. Yeah, I know. I Me. know. <laughs> yeah. Ricardo did so well. If we're going to talk about a second, like, favorite, it will definitely be Ricardo. Did anyone see him overta- overtake um, Lando twice on the first lap? Yeah. yeah. Did anyone see that? And I'd, I to be fair, like, the first little bit of the race, there was a little bit of, uh, there was a bit of fight in the McLarens because it, I think yeah. it was later mm-hmm. on when kind of uh, Ricardo let Lando through. But that I first kind of half of the race, there was yeah. a little bit of, you know, there was a bit of like, okay, you know, this mm-hmm. is Lando's team, but I'm, I'm not backing down. I'm not, yes. I'm not here to finish next to you. I'm here to finish in front of you. So I, I'm not saying there's any beef starting or anything, but there's definitely <laughs> yeah. just a little bit of fight in, in there. And I think oh, as, for sure. the more that Ricardo gets up to speed, he wants to be world champion at McLaren. He doesn't want to be, you know, yeah. the number two guy next to Lando. So I'm just, I'm so interested to see how their relationship is going to develop. So I think that's going to be For quite sure. interesting. I, I think that it's, um, I said this before. I said, you know, everyone thought it was going to be Bantam FC because of who those two are individually. But, yeah. you know, Lando's kind of, I think, made a very pointed decision to not... Uh, I guess immediately, you know, be that or offer that in terms of, you know, in how he's in the media, a lot more serious in the media now. And uh, I guess in terms of his relationship with Daniel, it's, it's very much, you know, I'm here to do my job. Obviously, you know, we'll get along and we'll, you know, we'll share information where necessary, but you know, that could become 
a prickly situation, the better Ricardo becomes, the more they're fighting over, you know, best of the rest, you know, and especially if, you know, they're fighting over potential podium places, if that, if that's there to be picked up, um, it could become a very uh, prickly situation at, uh, at, at McLaren. And they've both got multi-year contracts. So, you know, no one's going anywhere. Um, so yeah. I love, I love Ricard. I mean, I love Lando, but he, he does have to also remember he's dealing with the honey badger. Yeah, I mean, exactly. this guy. And we saw a little bit the, the late yeah. breaking as well. It came back a little bit. The honey badger is smiley on you know when you watch, see him on the interviews and stuff. But the honey badger is a vicious animal, my guy. <laughs> yeah, remember that. <laughs> Facts. Facts. <laughs> and, oh man, I cannot wait to clip that. So <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's true. And um, yeah, pick up McLaren. I just think they are. Uh, they're just uh, performing at a really consistent level. Lando has got, uh, he's the only, he's the only driver to win, get points every race this season yeah. as well. Um, I think so, yeah. Yeah, so, Man. you know, um, considering... And he's still uh, in front of Bottas, by the way, in the championship. He's still in front yeah. of Valtteri. So that's kind yeah. of crazy. Yeah, that, yeah it you is. Are shocked by that? Well, it's... Uh, I'm not... I don't want to say I'm shocked given this season, but yeah. it, I guess it shows. And also, I don't want to be harsh on that because Monaco yeah. wasn't his fault. And that's like. I've, I've been listening to this podcast. <laughs> so worry. There's been a bit of that Valtteri slander. And to be fair, you know, I'm, I'm saying it, but I'm, I'm part of it as well. I will say, yeah. though, you know, props to Valtteri. He did kind of come back this weekend. Like, he did a decent job in the end. And he was the guy, actually, that said in Mercedes, like, we need to go to a two stop. Yeah. So he, he yeah. did have a bounce back weekend. And. Uh, and he really stuck close to Lewis as well and obviously got unlucky uh, in the end with like the strategy and everything. So he did bounce back a little bit, but yeah, it still doesn't look good that Lando is still yeah. ahead of ahead of him after, yeah, seven races or something. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's not good. And I, think, I don't want to get into it was, every race, yeah. but like, you know, like... Uh, Tandy uh, really does. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I will say though, guys? It did kind of, I just felt a bit sorry for him. I could hear him on the radio and he was like, I told you guys. And it was like, oh lesson like, yeah. like he did say it so to be fair for him kudos okay you know what yeah. let's just get into it let's just talk about it <laughs> we, all, we all had we all had i guess uh, we all had mercedes i guess as someone a, a bad thing that happened this weekend in terms of strategy i guess um just struggling across the weekend which is looking like it's going to be a constant theme of them searching for performance through practice and into qualifying. Um, Aldous, I'm going to try and word this. So I'm I'm going to try and shoot them some bail. Okay. Um, Do you think that um, Mercedes... Uh, cost themselves victory, uh, victory today, 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 cost themselves victories, or do you think that, um, you know, given the pace of the Red Bull and given that, you know, the, the lack of performance they had on straights and they couldn't pass Max, you know, in a, in a straight fight, I guess, you know, are we just beating up on Mercedes because obviously we're Mercedes fans and we want the best for, for Lewis, we want the best for Mercedes, you know, or, or is there blame to be attached to the strategists? and just the team's performance this weekend? 
I mean, whenever like Mercedes don't finish first and second, there's always going to be blame somewhere because they, they've set the bar so high over the past seven years that every single little mistake is is going to be analysed. And I think in this close title battle between Red Bull and Mercedes, the pressure is on even more. Every single every single decision has to be right. So whilst last year they can get away with a 50 second pit stop in uh, in Sakir and lose the race, yeah. I mean they won, they won like 14 races that season anyway, so it's okay. But they cannot be. But you know, with Monaco and everything, they really lost a lot of points with Valtteri. And yet yeah. again, it's it is a weird one because there's no doubt that Mercedes do. They, ha- they have to have a lot of blame because both Lewis after the race said, you know, guys, I said before the race, this is going to be a two-stop. The the tyres are not going to hold on. And Valtteri straight away was the first one to, on the radio to say, put me on a two-stop. So, uh, And James Vows, I think, came on the radio at the end and said, you know, this one's on us, Lewis, so I'm sorry. Yeah. So they definitely have to take a huge portion of the blame. But at the same time, when I was watching it, and I've got to be honest, I mean, especially that first one, it's easy to say now that Lewis should have pitted immediately. And I think he pitted a lap after Max. After, but yeah. even as I was watching it, he had, I think, a, a 2.5 second gap to Max. Now, don't get me wrong, the undercut was always going to be powerful. But to make up 2.5 seconds, that's huge. I, I don't think anyone saw that coming. So that's yeah. actually a pretty nice gap to have. And But yeah, they got jumped. And then it was quite interesting. So... Yes, I blame that on Mercedes, but me personally, even at the time, I thought Lewis was going to be safe. I mean, it was always going to be close, but I thought he was going to be safe. And then on the second one, Red Bull jumped them first. There is no doubt in my mind that Lewis and maybe Valtteri as well, at one point, maybe two, three or five laps after Max actually pitted, they would have pitted, uh, you know, they would have done that kind of undercut and chased Max down to, uh, to the end. But Red Bull kind of, you know, they they just completely flipped the flipped the script on them and pitted yeah. first. So that kind of went out the window completely. And in the end, I think that's, although maybe you can say that maybe they weren't as bad as many people are making it out to be. I still think that in the end, Lewis had the pace. I do think the car was there. I mean, he was leading the race. Yeah. And I think they just dropped the ball. But in the end, just to kind of end this off, I mean, they still finished second with Lewis. So, you know, that's a bad weekend for Lewis Hamilton. Second. Yeah. And Valtteri yeah. got unlucky in the end. So it could have been a lot worse, but they need to get their, you know, t- yeah. together. They need to get it together for the next ones. A hundred percent. It's uh, it's strange seeing Mercedes like this. Like, Weird, it, it? It, it's, I mean, like, for me, it's the struggles in practice that are weirding me out. Like every race weekend, we're coming in off the pace in practice. We're talking like tenths of a second, like off the pace, like you know, closer to a second off the pace than 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 you know than than they should be. And um, and then because they're always struggling, it just never feels like you go into a race thinking, okay, Mercedes kind of know the best window that their car should be set up in and i think that's affecting i think that's affecting them but it's uh it's it's very strange um tandy what do you what did you make of of mercedes performance um i thought it was embarrassing guys <laughs> yeah. as i said this is definitely a conversation where we're a bit like it doesn't hold back it doesn't hold back just straight <laughs> yeah, off yeah, yeah. Embarrassing. It, was embarrassing. <laughs> it was guys i feel like we we have we have years where we could have done this but just not this year You've got to be conscious that this year is a very special year for Lewis. And it seems like Lewis, as we we said before, this is a bad race for Lewis where he finishes second. But we really need that team support. What happened um, in Monaco with Valtteri Bottas was terrible. Yeah, Guys, this can't continue to happen. It's embarrassing. As I said, yeah. 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 I mean... It's not good enough. It's not good enough. No. Um, yeah, going back on obviously the point that you made on Twitter and Yasha before when you said that they're making no changes to the car. 
What do you guys think about that? Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Someone uh, wanted to discuss that as well. Um, I will find the tweet later. But yeah, um, someone was actually saying, yeah, and I'll bring it up now, but that essentially that with you know with 2022 and the regulation changes coming mm-hmm. up you know mercedes have made the decision that essentially because of you know they were put into a corner by the regulation changes you know um and but instead of them being able to work through these um these issues through development then you know then you have limited development tokens you have a budget cap so all these things that Mercedes have made a decision to say, you know what, this season, we're not going to put anything into season. It works better for us to develop the car for next season and beyond, because those are going to be like, you know, much like the, the hybrid era when they basically, you know, didn't develop in 2013 um, and just put everything into 2014. And, you know, and, and it, it's worked out well for them. And they're doing the same for me. I, I think the point that I made, and I, I understand it, and I think on, on paper, I, I get it. Absolutely get it. That's the right thing to do. For me, I feel like we don't know how many years of Hamilton we have left in this sport. Uh, I think at a push, I'm going to say three, like two more seasons after this two season. More. I think max. Um, so for me, like wasting a season of Hamilton... Uh, of having a driver like Hamilton, I know it's for the future, but for me, it's just like, this feels like a waste and they can't keep expecting Hamilton to bail them out on strategy and they can't keep expecting Hamilton to be able to take the fight to Red Bull who are going to continue developing the car. And it's it's just not going to be uh, like a good look for for the team no matter what they say, you know, it, it, they can't just say, oh, well, we didn't develop the car. At the end of the day, like you're seven times world champs in a row. Like this, you need to do better. So yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I get it in theory, but my heart doesn't like it. <laughs> um, Aldous, what do you think of um, uh, Toto's uh, insistence that they're, they're not developing the car this year? And do you believe it? I guess. Do you, it... Oh yeah, for sure. I think Mercedes are one of those teams that, I mean, they're, they're prepared for the cost cap. They've had something, they've definitely planned for it well in advance. They're probably, they're definitely developing their 2022 car right now. But, and I think I, I, I do get what they're doing because again, at the end of the day, they still have a good car. I mean, there's no doubt they could have won that race and Lewis Hamilton with just ridiculous time management as he always does and the way he followed Max, he was two laps away from winning that race anyway. So it's not as if Red Bull are now just blowing them out of the water. That is it, you know, season over. They've still got a very good car. And at one point, Red Bull are also going to have to stop developing this car. So I don't think it's all over. I think one, but, you know, yes, it is, a, again, a bad race because Lewis finished second and yeah. Bowser was off the podium, but the car is still good enough to finish the championship and, uh, Yes, obviously, Lewis, I think we have two or three years max, but they also need to look ahead of Lewis. And so they need to kind of they need to set themselves up for the next five for the next era, you know, for the next yeah. five or six years of Formula One. So I totally get what they're doing. Of course, you want to see you want to see the car get better, but it's still good enough to win the championship this year. So I don't think it's all over. But yeah, I totally get it. Uh, so uh, he's back. Uh, what did I want to you're right. And, 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 you know, it's, it's going to be a curious thing to watch them develop 
Ducard this season. Um, someone, Athena, we mentioned Bottas before. Um, and Athena mentioned something about okay. Bottas's, um, Bottas's pace in the race. No, he showed good pace. But he has what would appear to be a tyre conservation issue. Now, I... Uh, I think you're right in Aldous in that the he was calling for a two-stop for ages. And it reminded me of, I can't remember which race it was last season, where Ferrari essentially just left Vettel out. He was supposed to do a two-stop. And then they were last minute like, uh, can you do a one-stop? And he was like, why? You should have told me like laps ago. I would have liked Yeah, I think it was uh, uh, like in Catalonia or something. I remember you yeah. came on the team radio. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, and it, it kind of reminded me of that day where obviously in his mind, he's driving towards something else. And then um, he is told, well, actually, no, you're going to have to do a one-stop now. Um, but it's not the first time. Uh, it's not the first time that he's kind of run his tires out. Um, I, I distinctly remember, I think Portugal this year. Um, I think even Portugal last year, there was an issue with that as well. Uh, I think Hockenheim as well, potentially. Um, but, um, given that Sergio Perez is so good with his tires, do you think that it's going to become an issue for, strategy that Mercedes don't have that in their armor maybe that someone who can off do an offset um uh, of, obviously Hamilton can go long in his tires but obviously yeah. he's the lead driver is that going to be an issue for Mercedes or do you reckon that um but Valtteri will still be I guess the best the best the better second second driver that's a good one. I think obviously with Sergio getting better and better, I mean, he's going to, again, he's only going to get better. I feel like Valtteri, we know that he's not the best in wheel-to-wheel racing. We know that his tyre management isn't as good. But at the same time, when you look at that race, they should have pitted. I mean, the right strategy, I think it was just the data. Obviously, the engineers thought, you know, one stop is going to yeah. be fine. And track position is key. No one's going to overtake us anyway. But when you put together the fact that clearly the tyres were graining much quicker and things like that, and also the Red Bulls were mighty down the straights, they needed to do a two-stop and even Lewis in the end kind of lost the race because he did uh, because he did a one-stop. So I wouldn't blame that race too much. And again, with Valtteri, it's, it's really difficult for me to judge him because I keep judging him against Lewis Hamilton, who in my opinion is, you know, the, one of the greatest of all time. And he is like my greatest for sure, the one that, you know, in terms of what I've seen. So it's always kind of di- difficult to compare him to someone as good as Lewis, but he definitely is going to be a big factor in this championship. And his fight is, is with Checo. And, but again, Valtteri does have good pace. I mean, again, he outqualified yeah. Checo. He made a good start as well. And he kept up with Lewis, especially after the pit stops. I mean, at one point he was putting Lewis under a little bit of pressure, which was quite good to see. So, yeah, I think Valtteri does have what it takes to beat Checo and kind of back Lewis up in this championship, even though he wants to obviously fight for it. But I think we know that's not going to happen. It's just about minimizing the the kind of weekends they had like in Imola when he, yeah. where he was racing with the yeah. Williams or even at the same time, mm-hmm. um, what was it, in Baku as well? Again, yeah. another just terrible weekend, like in terms of pace, not nothing to do with accidents or the car, just terrible pace. So he needs to minimize that because he is a decent driver. There's mm-hmm. just, yeah, but... His fight is with Checo and he needs to make sure that he has more weekends like this in terms of pace. And the team need to back him up as well because I do... There definitely seems to be something dropping off a little bit. I feel like Valtteri maybe isn't being listened to as much. He's yeah, still a big he's not part of that team. Love enough. Yeah. Exactly. And I think, you know, regardless of the contract situations, he still needs to be backed up because at the end of the day, they're a team. Mm. Very true. Very true. Very true. Very true. Uh, Tandy, you think uh, Mercedes aren't giving him enough love? 
I feel like in the past few races, they've really like stepped away from him a bit, you know, mm. and I guess you can't do that because he is actually your driver, I guess. Yeah. Um, and just hearing him today, just saying like, I've told you guys, you could just hear kind of frustration from him. He's I think angry. there's, yeah, but I think there's like mm. a theme going on mm. at the moment about Mercedes not listening to their drivers. So yeah. you've got issues where, uh, I think in Baku, uh, Hamilton was taught, you know, in terms of like setup, they weren't listening to, to Hamilton about setup and then they ended up going back to what it kind of was original, like what he said. And, you know, it, it kind of nearly worked out in the end. And, uh, you know, Valtteri today saying that, um, uh, you know, yeah, the, the team weren't listening to him. And I don't know, like maybe, like we said, stuff like this always happened right because but because they were so far ahead you know it kind of worked out in the end or because whatever they were getting one twos or one threes on like a regular basis and maybe because now the car's not as quick as it used to be red bull are a very good outfit maybe these like the way that they communicate or the way that they set up cars is just i guess maybe being found out now but it's it's just just strange. I'm just, I'm just finding it strange to see Mercedes like this, but it is great for the great for the season. I mean, what what a season we are uh, having. We're gonna have um, Tandy. It's entertaining. It is very entertaining. Hello. Tandy, <laughs> have you got um? Have you got a donkey? Donkey, donkey, donkey. Do I have a donkey? My yeah. donkey was is. The Mercedes team, to be honest. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, <laughs> the conversation we just had. Yeah, the conversation we just had. I think that's all of us, literally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like today, yeah, I, I found it quite hard to actually find a don- find a donkey because I thought everyone really gave it that big effort, etc. It was, it was, it could have been Yuki, but I just said, let yeah. me give him the benefit of the doubt, to be honest. Yeah. Is it too soon for Yuki in F1? That's the question we need to start asking. <laughs> hey, I didn't want to, but I'm glad you said it. Um, is it too early? Is Alvin? it too early? Um, I mean, he did. I mean, he did. Okay, I didn't see his race that much. Did it? Was there like an issue towards the end, or um, was it? I, I can't remember. But um, yeah, I mean, obviously the the spin. Um, in in qualifying yesterday, um, he just doesn't ever seem to have like a clean weekend. Yeah. There always seems to be some issue, and you know, uh, obviously he was brought in after a season of F two where he did well, um, especially mm. in the feature races. So that's kind of, I guess, they were looking at that, and you know, if that translated to F one, obviously it was like a Honda bringing ting as well, keep them guys happy. But uh, Aldous, do you think it's do you think it's too soon, or do, do you think, think um, in a season with limited testing and practice and and so forth, do you just think that he needs more time? I mean, first of all, I mean, just because again. Got to keep it 100 here because before the season, I actually, before the season, yeah. one of my like big, bold, but big, bold predictions was that I thought that Yuki was going to finish ahead of Pierre Gasly. So Ooh. it's not looking good so far, but still plenty of races, <laughs> still plenty of races. Plenty of races to go. Long season. We don't need to talk about that. We don't need to no, talk no, about that. Yeah, plenty about of races, though, I do feel like at the start, we were all kind of bigging up Yuki a bit too we much, weren't we? 
he did have he does have the speed there's no you know he's not too slow he's not like two seconds off the pace or something but he's a little bit he's he's definitely a little bit hot-headed i mean his crash it did not happen in his uh in his final run of q3 you know that final run yeah yeah everything and if you crash unlucky it was in the first run in the first corner of q1 in his first lap so (laughs) it's just little things like that you really don't want you really don't want to happen i still think that there is a really good driver in there somewhere was it a little bit too soon now it does look like yes but obviously you know we're different we we have different information now clearly maybe it was just a little bit too soon and maybe actually alpha tauri with pierre gasly and alex albon i mean that would have been like in 2021 that could have been interesting yeah i still think that just i want to give him a bit more time you know if he calms (laughs) down towards the the middle part of the season if he just gets you know if he just stays a little bit more consistent and a little bit more calm-headed, tries to sort, not even go for the big results, even finishing like 10th or 9th or something is still a pretty yeah. decent yeah. for him in that car. So I think it's just about him calming down, him maturing, because he is a very, he was the first driver ever in Formula 1 to be born this millennium. So yeah. he's still like 20 or 21 or something. So yeah. Was it too soon? Maybe. Maybe that. Maybe he is being found out. But the fact is, he is in Formula One. He is here till the end of the season. And mm-hmm. I think the team is. I think they actually brought him to Italy. He lives now, like yeah. near the factory. So oh, they're trying to incorporate yeah. him more into the team. And but yeah, he needs to cut out those mistakes. I mean, someone needs to get a hold of him and just say, you know, just calm down. You got, you got pace. You've got potential. Yeah. Just calm down a little bit because there is a good driver in there. I think. 100%. Yeah, I think I think the Yuki just kind of needs to turn around and say at least for each race, let me at least make top 10. Let me just at least make top 10. I think he's reaching a bit too far. He's got too much expectations for himself. And it's like, we don't expect that from you. It's yeah. okay to kind of just, as long as you finish top 10, work with the team, try not to go against them. And it's really sad because everyone just keeps calling him childish and him being the youngest. And you don't need that. Just yeah. Just keep, yeah. For he's sure. got time though. Mm-hmm. He's got time. And I think... Mm-hmm. Over the course of like the season, you know, he will. I think he will. He'll work it out. But you know, he needs time in the car. And when you're yeah. not, and you need consistency. And I guess when you're not putting together consistent runs and consistent races, um, it, it hurts when you're a new driver. And um, I do feel for him a bit. But he's just the yeah. A. I mean, even when he like had a lap. Uh, a lap deleted, I think, in practice, and uh, he was like clearly exceeded track limits. And then he was like, No, no way, I didn't do that. Fucking no. <laughs> like, like, yeah, there's a bit of a maturing that still needs to be done, you know. He's he's yeah. a very He's clearly a very energetic guy. You know, he's just about that all over the team radio. I mean, sometimes maybe a little bit disrespectful towards, uh, you know, his engineer where he's like, just shut up, mate, or something yeah. like that. Yeah, <laughs> that's what maturing... I don't like when he's being disrespectful and it's like, mate, like, yeah. stop that. They're, way, they're like working really hard for you. And, uh, yeah, you, exactly. I think he still needs to mature a little bit. But mm-hmm. again, the pace and the potential it's there it's just about how well can alpha tauri and that team kind of harness that potential For towards sure. the end of the season he could still beat gasly you know that <laughs> i'm hanging on to it mathematically it's, it's still we're bringing possible. you back to take that we're bringing you back to <laughs> yeah, we'll bring you back i have a double we'll be like okay season pictures <laughs> let's look at them um no, no they're gonna bring me back when he gets like when when they put alex in that seat mid-season yeah. and he gets <laughs> thrown out. that's when they're gonna bring this back up oh man i think i think um it's interesting though, because look, you know, Red Bull have got an embarrassment of riches at the moment. With obviously they've got Albon 
who's obviously still under contract with them. They've got Lawson, uh, Vips in, uh, in F2 as well. So, yeah, um, you know, uh, there, there really is a lot of options in that seat. I, I don't think they'll get rid of Yuki at the end of the season, but, um, you know, especially if Pierre's not going anywhere, um, I, you know, I, I just don't, I don't see where, I, don't, I just don't see him getting rid of him. I hope they don't. I'd like to see him, you know, have two full seasons and, and, and decisions made there. But, you know, if anyone's going to make harsh decisions, it is, uh, it's Red Bull. So um, we will see. Big up Pierre Gasly, by the way, uh, on his Big result. That was Pierre a Gasly. good result. This Challenge. guy... This guy is... Uh, Give him the bro, it's, shot, it's backwards Cat Pierre. It's backwards Cat Pierre. Yeah. Like, just different man. Different man in 2021. The source yeah. is unreal. I, uh... do, we have, <laughs> do we have the sound effects, Nasha? Can we, can we get a good... Yeah, yeah, yeah sorry. Pierre. Bring it on. Anyway, hold on. There we go. <laughs> um, yeah. So many. <laughs> Um, that was great. Um, so <laughs> I keep forgetting we have them. I need to. I need to utilize them more. I don't. I wish <laughs> I had the button so I could just utilize. Like, <laughs> um, so uh, every single, wait, every single time Tandy just roasts someone like the gun sound effect. This is what I, this, all the time. This is what I invented. That's what I put it in for. I should when you called it embarrassing. I should have been like gunshot. Oh, you know what? I'll post edit that shit in. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, Aldous, do I, obviously we've, we've discussed Mercedes and, and Yuki. Was there anyone that you thought was below par? Uh, do you know what? Hang on a minute. I've really quickly. I'll get up on the screen because I do have like the finishing result. Because that's the thing. I mean, not. Not really. You can look at yeah. the likes. I mean, Ferrari, I suppose. No, Ferrari, actually, yeah. yeah, because they qualified quite well, both cars in the top 10, but it's not necessarily their drivers because I feel like they did okay, but their tyres, I mean, their yeah. car just rips through the tyres. I mean, Charles Leclerc just, he's down in P16. Someone yeah. put on Twitter, actually, he finished in the same position as his driving number, and that's not good. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, and yeah, <laughs> I saw so that. that is not a vibe. So no. yeah, I suppose Ferrari, in a sense, but they they... That car does have pace. I mean, around Monaco was arguably the quickest car. Like Leclerc could have won that race, there's no doubt. So it's not all over, but they need to sort that out because I think it was Carlos Sainz who said after the race, they've been having this problem since Bahrain. So definitely I think Ferrari have to get a shout out in terms of their, in terms of their tire management. I mean, what is that? That car just shreds through tires and the drivers aren't able to do anything. So yeah, uh, yeah not good. Not good. Not good. And we I guess. We've known that about that, that car, to be fair. We've always known that car's mid. <laughs> that car is uh yeah. it is pretty mid uh, <laughs> 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 um Andy, uh what uh i mean do you give them some kudos though for i guess from where they were i mean i guess from where from where they were last season yeah um to this season you know two pole positions one of them definitely has an asterisk next to it but uh <laughs> two two pole positions um hold on uh yeah. and um a uh you know and uh, you know they led some of the the back of grand prix and um uh, you know good qualify so they've got pace they've got one lap pace do you, do you give them any kudos for that or you know i guess is this you know, this is ferrari you know we need to you know we need to not expect average shit basically that's what I thought, but kudos to them. I uh-huh. thought maybe we shouldn't. Yeah, I'll give them. 
20 not well when i say met i mean that's a bit you know <laughs> just chilling with him you know he's kind of like you on his instagram so i guess you guys are friends now yeah exactly we've been chatting mate, we've been chatting that's what i'm defending for yeah. what do you think I'm defending yeah of for? course but no that was um 2019 at autosport right at the beginning uh right at the beginning of no sorry at the beginning of 2020 uh an autosport nice. event and i just took a picture of him and it was actually the funny thing is like because you can see my phone in the picture the picture was terrible i mean terrible <laughs> quality like super blurry you can't even yeah. tell that it's him like it could be just any uh, random like guy in a Ferrari yeah, t-shirt. Okay. and then all of a sudden i saw that he someone obviously you know one of the ferrari media guys took a picture of us and then yeah. posted it on his instagram and i was like mate yes Yay. <laughs> that is it yeah you know we're kind of besties we've been dming battles and forwards he's gonna be all right you know yeah he's all right you've yeah. got the inside track yeah. that's all good um what i was gonna say was that 2022 look the way everyone is putting everything into into next season i i'm looking forward to seeing what we get because someone's got to be shit like yeah like, <laughs> thing. like not everyone can be good not everyone yeah. can pour everything like haas williams like all these teams are like banking on like he is the golden ticket and um some teams are going to be a like i think we're going to see either towards the end of 2022 or even in the middle probably not in the middle but towards the end of 2022 we're going to see I think at least three team principals are going to leave or get fired because because gunshots. I was thinking now. I was thinking now. I was thinking now. You don't get fired. You can not. I'm telling you. I'm telling you now because oh wow, it's still going. Uh, so so uh, I'm telling you no because like all these like chairmen, all these owners uh okay say okay cool i'm gonna back you financially okay i believe your plan that if we if we do xyz next year we're gonna you know have a car that's going to elevate us from where we are on the grid to where we want to be and at the end of the day like not everyone is going to be able to do that some people no matter how hard they try are either going to stay in the same place or then they may even go backwards because of how well other teams are doing so I just think it's going to be, uh, I think some people, someone's going to have to take responsibility for that in, in the eyes of the owners. You know, we've got Daddy Stroll. He's not going to, if Aston Martin are still struggling next year, I can't see uh, Otmar staying in that job uh, much longer. It already feels pretty precocious. Uh, Benotto, if Ferrari don't improve next season, I can't see him in that position much longer. Gunter, if, 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 Haas, if Haas do not improve, after things of like last three seasons i mean bro so yeah those are just my thoughts on on 20 2022 i do want to give a shout out actually i just looked at the full race results george russell in 12th on a normal race day like no one's dropped out he's done that on pace on strategy in a Williams, I just think that is, um, it's a shame that no one dropped out in like the top 10 and, you know, to give him a point. But, um, Aldous, what do you do? I know that you're a big George Russell fan. Yeah. Um, what do you, you say? You can say that just a little bit. You know, <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> what do you, what did you make of George's performance? I mean, uh... First of all, George Russell, I, he's special, man. I know he, I know he's choked away a few results. There's no doubt about it. I'm not running away from that. But I mean, the guy, if you take away Sakir, the guy has outqualified his teammates 
in every single race he's ever been at since 2019. That's yeah. two, that's almost two and a half years of whitewashing teammates. And the thing is, I know that, you know, like Latifi is not the greatest driver in the world, but at least one quality session in the past like year and a half. Like, yeah. so the guy does have talent and I think it's just about, mm-hmm. and we saw what he can do in a Mercedes in just one race where he isn't even comfortable in the car. So yeah, I've been massively on the George Russell hype train because I see the potential. It's very easy to talk about, you know, Lando when he was in a really good McLaren or even Alex Albon when he was in the Red Bull, but I could see the potential in that in that in that Williams and what he was able to do against his teammate and this, you know, this P12. This was big and he actually had a bad start because I think he was yeah. behind Latifi in like the he first was. um 10 or 20 laps. So he managed to fight back. Clearly the strategy was working. And the reason why this P12 is such a big result is because after Baku, uh, both of the Williams drivers had a problem. I think he had a gearbox issue and Latifi had like this crazy penalty because his engineer got something wrong. And Haas actually jumped Williams in the Constructors' Championship because Mick Schumacher was uh, finished in 13th place. So that was kind of crazy. And uh, yeah, they jumped ahead of Williams. And with this P12, Williams jumped back ahead of Haas because they cannot finish behind Haas. That would just be, that would be an absolute failure of a season. So uh, it was a big result. Uh, Again, with no retirements, it was a really good, uh, really good performance. And may King George... I want to see him in that Mercedes. Him and Lewis Hamilton, I mean, not only is that one of the... That would be an absolutely crazy driver lineup, but that would be spicy. That would be very, very spicy. It feels like we talk about George on this pod every race, and it's always, I guess, because of Bottas, but it's nice to talk about him because of something that he's done and like a good performance on his side. And, um, you know, someone asked, you know... uh, whether who I thought was going to be in that um, Mercedes seat next season, and you know, I said, it's, you know, if it's anyone other than George, I would be really surprised. I think, you know, I think even for Bottas's sake, I think, I just think that relationship is, like you said, Tandy, becoming a bit toxic now, um, and I just think they need to change it. And if it's anyone other than George in that seat who does replace Bottas, I'd, I'd be, I'd be really surprised. But um. Uh, I've, yeah, I've definitely recently bought a ticket to the George Russell train. Um, Jumping on. Also, I did hear a few episodes ago a bit of a bit of slander from Tandy about it George Russell. It wasn't slander. It was just more of let's see how he goes. Do you know what I mean? And then between <laughs> that, we had... We we obviously had Lando got the multi-year contract. It was like a, you know... So, um, yeah. yeah, so I bought the ticket. It's, wow. It's open return, so I can hop on anytime, <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Um, I might use it. I might hop on the train, you know. I haven't got a first class seat. It's, it's a no. standard <laughs> yeah. seat. It's a window seat. Mate, it's I'm in the coach. pilot seat. That's where I am. I'm in the pilot <laughs> seat. <I'm laughs> Feeding you shrimp in the back. That's where you are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm chilling. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, I'm look, I'm glad to hear it. I guess um what will be really interesting, yeah. I mean it'll be so interesting to see to see that next season. Um uh I, I think I think he deserves I think he you know I think he deserves it. And I think that um uh, yeah, I just, I just think it would be good. It would be good to see. Do, uh, I, I'm still not sold on. Uh, I, I'm not sold on him being able to go in and maybe 
like match Bottas's performance over a season. Um, but I, I, I don't think he, I don't think it would be fair to expect that. But I know you know you, you think he's got you know, crazy talent, and I agree he's got crazy. I just I would like what I know can happen in F1 very quickly is people can build you up, build you up, and then they will really enjoy like bringing you down. And if the performance is, you know, if it takes some time for him to get used to it, if he, if he's, you know, um, maybe struggling at first or whatever, or even if the Mercedes like this season is, is difficult to set up. Um, I don't want that to like hit on his confidence and Mercedes have questions like, Oh, have you made the wrong decision? Oh, you know, are you going to be bringing in someone halfway through and, and so forth? So hopefully he gets the space to be able to develop into the driver that, you know, we all, we all think he could be. So, uh, there was a couple of tweets, uh, that I wanted to read out. Um, before we go on to predictions. So, uh, someone asked, uh, that uh, they uh, very boring race at Paul Ricard in the past. What exactly caused today's race to be exciting? And what can F1 do to ensure entertaining races at traditionally boring tracks in the future? And that was from Anne D. Lil Ledfoot. Um, Tandy, I'll I'll come to you. Uh, Do you think it might have been entertaining because we were kind of just watching Mercedes and Barrasos and it was kind of like, oh, a bit of spice. Because I don't want to see that constantly, I'm afraid. Sorry, Andy. Yeah, I I get it. Um, Yeah, yeah, I I get it. Uh, I think, like, the, the... I think the tyre... The tire situation at the moment with Pirelli, they're getting the selections correct. They're, it's not uh, always like such a clear uh, choice between one stop or two stop uh, strategies. Uh, it's kind of on the knife edge, and that's what's creating these offsets. I think, like we had in Bahrain, like we had in Spain, like we've got now. You know. Um, it's good to have different strategies. And I think, you know, it's boring at races, which are, you know, hard to overtake if people just come in lap 14, 15, and then just do 40, 50 laps on the hards. Like no one wants that. Um, Aldous, what, what do you think? Um, what made today entertaining? I guess, yeah, I guess, uh, what do you think F1 could do to make things more spicy at traditionally boring tracks? I mean, I think obviously the first thing is the fact that we do have two teams going against each other because, yeah. Even though we did have that in 2018, Seb actually crashed into Valtteri on the on the first lap, and so for Lewis it was kind of like it was you know for, it was a bit of a yeah. walkway. So that's why it was a little bit boring in 2018. In 2019, it was just a Mercedes track, but now that we have two teams going against each other, it does add that element of you know spice that we don't know what's going to happen. And uh, even qualifying was kind of really close towards the end, even yeah. though Max actually put out a blinding lap. But the race was really good, so. I think obviously that helps when we have multiple teams in a title fight. But yeah, definitely with the tyres, I think there was a lot of controversy after Baku, but somehow the tyres, the tyre wear was just really high. So it's, yeah, I think it's all just how you manage that, you know, really high tyre wear so that we do have these, is it a one stop? Is it a two stop? You know, two different teams doing two different things, but not to the point where it's, you know, dangerous like it was in Baku with like people, you know, tyres exploding. So I think it's just down to the fact that we have two title contenders in terms of the teams. And the tyres were quite good. I mean, they they brought that kind of excitement in terms of we didn't know until the final two laps in terms of which strategy was going to win the race. Yeah, for sure. It was a, it was a really good race. I'm so happy 
it was a good race because like you said mm-hmm. i was scared i was like god what are we going to talk about if this race is bad i was waiting um, for the rain i thought i mean people were yeah. talking about like, soon happening <laughs> um Although, yeah, Karun's absolutely jinxed it for next week. Like, oh, yeah, it's going to be a thunderstorm all week. Oh, you Oh, my donor. God. Listen, I just don't like listening to Karun Chanduk talk at all. I can't well, like you. Like, that, that was, like, my next question. <laughs> oh, God. I... Like, Karun is, like, aside. Like, I don't know about you guys. Like, I, I'm getting really annoyed with Paul Deresta like, yeah. at the moment and like I and the thing is I I, I want to be objective and I like obviously he is like ex, like a driver who's driven in the sport relatively recently compared to some of the other um uh, some of the other pundits um you know he is in you know he is eloquent in his own way you know he can talk and camera he's not you know in terms of him as a uh at his job, I don't think he's bad at his job, but and even the punditry this weekend is uh, maybe uh, maybe because I'm a Mercedes fan, I don't know, but it just like the anti Mercedes kind of I don't want to say agenda, but it's like very like obvious now that yeah. obviously like they uh, the rest of will just at any opportunity slander Mercedes and Hammer and or try to make it as if Hamilton's not you know, he's under pressure, he's this, that and the other, even you know, to the point where Hamilton's had to respond to it slightly. Um I like that boy, that that was good. I like that. That was great. Yeah, that he was he great. is Lewis hears everything. He knows what's up. For sure. Yeah. Uh, and but what's worse is that after that, Rosberg, who I thought Rosberg this weekend was like I, I, think, I feel like it's like he had like a couple of like couple of shots of tequila like before he's gone on every time. He's just like running around like you know like a naughty kid. He's like yeah. if he could charge it, he'll do it. If he could like just do do some stirring, he'll do it. But I guess you know in terms of um, the media, uh, the media's interpretation of the battle and the media's kind of chat. Do you have any kind of thoughts on that, Aldous or? Are you happy with Sky's package uh, and 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 portrayal of the weekend? Am I just being a disgruntled Hamilton fan who can't take uh, people saying bad things about about Sir Lewis Hamilton? No, I don't think. I mean, I definitely agree with with quite a bit of what you're saying. There's just something about it's feeling a bit stale. Like, you know, there's something about the broadcast. You know, we've had kind of the same thing, and maybe does maybe something does need to change in terms of like the commentary team or something like that. I think that's definitely something that Sky need to look into, but. I think, you know, one part of it, and it's someone that, you know, someone um, who did actually defend someone on, uh, you know, the rest on Twitter. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know if he was actually defending him all, but he yeah. mentioned something interesting. I think these guys are just, they're so buzzing that the fact that we do have a title challenge and they're just like hyping Red Bull up so much because we do have a title challenge now. They almost want to see this Mercedes kind of, uh, you know, the, the, the Mercedes juggernaut kind of stop. So maybe that's kind of one of the biases that they have. But for sure, I definitely agree with you that I think Paul DeResta, you know, his analysis is good and he, he definitely knows what he's talking about. He yeah. conveys information well, but yeah, there's definitely a bit of like, you know, he's hyping Max up so much and like the tiniest mistake that Lewis, and to be fair, the media do, you know, they do this with Lewis Hamilton because he set the bar, the bar so high, yeah. the tiniest mistake that he makes, it's like, Oh my God, that's it. He's, he's washed. Career is over. <laughs> so yeah, there is, you know, I think there's, you know, there's worse people out there for sure, but I, I think something at Sky definitely needs to change because it is a bit stale now. 
Yeah. I think I'm going to put a tweet out to ask the Americans if ESPN are even nicer because I might just switch. I might just uh, ESPN have got Sky. One of our one of our listeners let us know in the uh, comments a couple of weeks ago yeah. when we were moaning yeah. then. Yeah, they've got Sky as well. But yeah. they've, they've got Sky with adverts. <laughs> um, <laughs> they, they, they get adverts in the race and they just like they've got the I, commercials yeah when i used to like stream it what happens is they'll just put the race in like the corner in like a little box and then the advert is like on the a big medic no in america yeah, it's like a big medication a big advert. advert and you've got the race <laughs> in the corner for three minutes while the adverts go oh, so no. uh, yeah it's 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 not great um big up everyone who is watching if you are watching this far make sure you're giving us a like and a subscribe thank you we're so close to 200 which is crazy we've only been going for three months so thank you so much to everyone who is watching listening subscribing all of that all of that um we move on very quickly triple header to styria austria red bull's home grand prix pretty much max verstappen's or one of his home grand prix between this one and spa like he, yeah, I think he has like three now, doesn't he? Because yeah. Austria, <laughs> or Zandvoort. Yeah. Oh yeah, Zandvoort. Zandvoort still on the uh, still on the calendar. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I forgot. Wow. So yeah, he literally because he kind of said it's like his home Grand Prix. I was like, oh yeah, it is. Um, but no, it's it's Red Bull's he home. He has Grand Prix. a lot of he has a lot of homes. He's got a lot, and especially if fans are allowed back in. Mm. The, his his fans are incredible. Uh, they I, love I, him. They mate. They're gonna, yeah. <laughs> they love yeah, my. They go God. hard for him, bro. Uh, and uh, it's, it's great to see. I, I've not. I don't think I've seen anything like it in form. I mean, I don't know. You, you know, you have Hamilton fans, but I guess just the color and the, the way that they follow this guy around the world. Uh, big up the Max Verstappen fans. Um, what? Obviously, we don't know much about you know uh, how cars are going to perform in Austria. Like I said, it's a unpredictable season, but. What do you guys think? You know, uh, what are your predictions for Austria or for the Styrian Grand Prix? I think the next one is, and um, or, or what would you like to see? What's one I'd like to see you? Mercedes pull their socks up. I'd like to yeah. see continued yeah. growth yeah. from Ricardo. Yeah. Um, I'd like to see Yuki start his tangent into constant top tens, but that is a hope that you know we all kind of have. Mm. Um, what else would I like to see? Hmm. Hey, if you know, just if you want to take uh, some more stuff from me and Aldis, that'd be great. Just, uh, oh, yeah. I'm sorry, guys. Sorry. <laughs> I, want see, I want to see all the 20 drivers win the race, you know, all the 20 drivers in the top three. <laughs> no, that's cool. Look, I like it. I like it. There's a lot that you want to see. I hope that you can live up to your expectations. Um, uh, Aldis, anything, uh, anything left from the bones of the carcass of that question? Um, Mate, I'm just, I've just got scraps here. I mean, I'm entirely <laughs> them, but, um, I think definitely it's going to be interesting because I think it'll be a big weekend for Lewis because I actually think that Austria and obviously Styria both the same track. Uh, both Max and Valtteri, that's strong tracks for those two. I think yeah. Valtteri's won there a couple of times or something like that. And obviously Max has also won there a couple of times. A really good victory in 2019 where he like barged uh, Leclerc out the way. So they're going to be strong. Both of those two drivers are going to be strong. And Lewis Hamilton, I think to... You know, if, if he doesn't win any of these and if, you know, Max finishes, you know, either 1-1 one, one or 1-2 one, in both of these two races, that's going to really hurt his championships. So I think uh, Lewis needs a big weekend because I think those two, the other two drivers are going to be big. And uh, 
in terms of the midfield as well, I mean, I'd love to see Ferrari have a little comeback. Uh, I'm, I'm a bit of a, you know, people know that I'm, a, I'm an Alonso fan, so I want, it, I want okay. him to do well as well. Uh, but yeah, for sure, I think it's going to be very interesting to see what it's going to be like back to back. And hopefully we also get some uh, weather as well. So maybe yeah. some rain. Yeah. yeah. I, look, I think if, if there's one thing about this season now, I'm no longer worried about if it's going to be a bad race. Like that isn't just like a, a thought for me anymore. Like, you know, even Monaco had actually no Monaco's pants, weren't it? Um but um <laughs> but at least there was some intrigue with Monaco, um, you know, and there was there was something like that. But, you know, I guess Spain was a good Grand Prix and that's traditionally a bit of a snooze fest and we've had, you know, Paul Ricard uh throw up a really good race and Austria is a great track for overtaking. It's always it's always got entertainment. So I'm I'm excited for a double header in Austria. If it's anything like the double headers we had last year, then I think we're in for a really good, really good couple of races. Um what would I like to see? I would like I'm interested to see if Aston Martin can carry on nicking points where maybe they shouldn't be nicking points. Um, I think Seb is is in great form at the moment. Um, I think he did really well today. It's nice to see him have some wheel-to-wheel racing as well. Um, further putting me in the mud with all of the stuff that I've said about him, but, you know, I'm happy to see it. Happy to see it. Uh, so it'll be interesting. Um because I think, not that they're like going unnoticed, but they are, I think they're kind of going back to how they were when they were racing point in that they are maximizing the most out of that car that they have, which has clearly been hampered by the regulation. So big up Aston Martin. And let's see if, um, let's see, yeah. Did Alonso finish ahead of Ocon today as well? He did, yeah. He yeah. did. He, yeah. he had a terrible first stint as well. I mean, yeah, Alpine. So I don't know what I don't know anything about Alpine. Like they were so bad in that first stint. Both yeah. Ocon and Alonso were going backwards, and then all of a sudden, just they found it, some pace at the yeah. end. So yeah, it's a good little fight going on between Alpine and Aston Martin. But I think Aston Martin have got it. And uh, yeah. also, actually, do you know what? One last little one. I want a big weekend for Lance Stroll because he's been unlucky in the past like a couple of weekends. Yes. Red flagging qualifying men. He had to start right at the back, and he still finished in the points. Yeah, and then obviously the big crash in Baku. So hopefully, a good result for Lance as well. Yeah, for sure. Deserves it. Deserves it. Well, look, that has summed up an incredible race. I want to say that's one of my favorite pods that we've done so far. Thank you so much, Aldous, for for coming through. Most people are going to know where to find you, but just, you know, for for saying it's sake, um, where can people find you on social media? literally everywhere youtube instagram <laughs> uh twitter it's all the same aldas aldas yeah check that out and uh yeah thank you for having me on it definitely was a good one plenty plenty <laughs> of uh banter and gunfire noises and all yeah, that no, let's give you a round of applause i think i'm giving you a round of applause there you go sorry that was a short one you can have a longer one um, no, it's but, okay. uh, good. <laughs> <laughs> um there you go thank you so much aldas um Make sure you follow him. Uh, make sure you follow us. Make sure you subscribe, like. Uh, any last words from from you, Tandy? Um, yes. Um, two last words. Two points. Shout out Aldis for wearing the uh, Outcast jumper to the podcast. I appreciate that massively. <laughs> I love the trio. They're my favourite. And also, I was in Shoreditch last night, and I met a oh. guy called Tops, and he said he listens to our podcast. He no listens. way. Yes. <laughs> to be fair. 
he says he's been listening from the start and he even proved to me that he didn't he he knew that I wasn't there last week so that's when I knew wow. that I was a hardcore fan that's so shout out to listening to our podcast that's mad that is yeah. crazy you are just being recognized out here on road what a wow big up to all of our listeners we <laughs> honestly we we really appreciate it. I think we're we're closing in on like 500 followers on Twitter and uh, like I said, 200 subscribers on here. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I don't think we kind of expected for people to kind of take us to their hearts as they have. And it, it's been really nice. So thank you to everyone who comments and follows and subscribes and all of that. We will see you for a pre-race pod yeah. for Austria uh, on Thursday. But until then, goodbye from all of us. And we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Toodle pip. Black voices are making an impact this month and beyond. Keep listening to discover one of our favorite shows, courtesy of ACAST Recommends. The corrupt powers that rule this nation are hard at work. They are trying to keep wages low and the rent high. They are quick to line the pockets of big businesses, but tell us they can't find a dime for the people. I understand this. I've seen the rot from the inside as a state senator, and it's ugly and widespread. On Unboss, we are working to change that. Every day on Unboss, we are bringing you the stories that really matter. We talk about power, corruption, justice, or lack thereof, and we break this down every weekday giving you the tools to give the power back to where it belongs with the people i'm nina turner and i am unbought and unbossed listen to unbossed on apple Podcasts. acast helps creators launch grow and monetize their podcasts everywhere acast.com <laughs>